as a layman, I would say we have it. But as a scientist, I have to say, what do we have? We have something, yeah? That was CERN Director General Rolf Dieter Heuer talking about, what else? The discovery of the Higgs boson. Uh, a new particle discovered at CERN could be the elusive and illustrious Higgs. Today we'll talk to some people who are at CERN to hear what the mood is like there. We'll clear up why there is doubt about this particle's identity, and we'll find out what's next for the particle physicists. I'm Cal Cofield. And I'm Mike Lucibella. You're listening to the Physics Buzz Podcast. Last week, CERN announced that they had, in fact, identified a new particle, a particle that looks, so far, a lot like the Higgs boson. The announcement was made to an assembly of CERN scientists and journalists on Wednesday, July 4th. Now, later in the podcast, we'll explain a little background for this announcement, but first, I just want to give you a little taste of what it was like for the scientists who were in on that assembly. This is Max Swiatlowski. He's a graduate student at Stanford University. He's working on the ATLAS experiment. Max camped out the night before the talk in order to get a seat in the auditorium. So the talk started at about 7.30 a.m., and the last people to get in got there at 5 a.m. Uh, but there were people camped out there from about 11 p.m. the night before. Uh, so Max talks about the moment when Atlas's spokesperson, Fabiola Gianotti, made her announcement and everyone realized that this was the real thing. Both experiments had identified this particle. Oh, it was so absolutely fantastic. It was I mean, so you, you, I already knew what was going to be said, more or less, right? I mean, I had read all the Atlas papers, and I knew all of our documentation, and it was clear what Fabiola was going to say. But there was nothing like the moment when she put up that slide, which says, you know, five sigma, and she can't even get a word in before the entire audience is, you know, erupting in applause. Because that was, you know, the second talk. So people, this was the confirmation from CMS that, like, yes, Atlas sees it too. So when that happens, everyone knows that, you know, two experiments, this is it. And the feeling of just everyone in this room and, you know, beyond and ICHEP everywhere else, just knowing that it was there finally, it was, uh, it was pretty significant. And the energy there was just... Yeah, I mean, they went on for four or five minutes. For, poor Fabiola had her clock ticking, but people were just too excited to stop. Wow, that, that sounds incredible. I would have loved to have been there myself. I know, right? People said it was like a rock concert or a sporting event. People just could not stop clapping. So that's what it was like at CERN uh, this last week. People are popping champagne, everyone's celebrating, and then it sounds like back to work because now we got to figure out what this thing is. Now, Mike, if you'll be so kind, before we move on with the podcast, let's review a few things. First of all, would you give us a rundown of all of these acronyms we're throwing around? CERN, LHC, ATLAS, CMS? Yeah, there's a whole alphabet soup of acronyms here. So CERN is this big physics laboratory in Geneva, Switzerland that is home to the Large Hadron Collider. Uh, the Large Hadron Collider, or the LHC, is this big uh, particle accelerator, and it collides particles together, and out of the collisions come the, the Higgs boson. 
in order to see what comes out of these collisions are these massive detectors. Uh, Atlas and uh, CMS are the two really big ones, the, the ones that, that saw the, the Higgs boson. And they're what actually kind of track the, the paths of particles coming out of these collisions and can figure out what actually happened inside of it. And as a quick review, the Higgs boson is the particle that gives matter mass. Um, so here's the analogy that is frequently used to describe what the Higgs boson does. Imagine you're at a party and a celebrity walks in. Let's say it's a major celebrity like Albert Einstein. All the people in the room crowd around him. Everyone wants to talk to him. These people are like Higgs bosons, and they make it more difficult for Einstein to walk across the room. They've effectively given him mass, and Einstein is a very heavy guy. He attracts a lot of Higgs bosons, and he has a lot of mass. Now, if a less well-known celebrity comes in, like, say, Peter Higgs, uh, a smaller group of people will crowd around him. It will be a little easier for him to move around because he has some mass, but less mass than Einstein. So the Higgs bosons are like people crowding around a celebrity, and the bigger the celebrity, the heavier they are, the more Higgses crowd around them, and the more mass they have. Now, this is the Physics Buzz podcast, and we here are not afraid of the tricky physics details. So, Mike, can you give our listeners just a little more information about what the Higgs boson actually is? Cool. Well, okay. So it's a little bit complicated, of course, but they wouldn't build a big machine like this if it wasn't. So the Higgs boson is actually the manifestation of something called the Higgs field. The Higgs field permeates itself all throughout the universe, and it's kind of like a magnetic field almost, except it's everywhere. And the idea is that you have these fundamental particles, you know, matter, and however much those fundamental particles interact with the field is how much mass they have. So if you have a really massive particle, you know, something like a, a top quark or something like that, it'll interact with the Higgs field a lot. And a really lightweight particle like a neutrino doesn't interact with it so much. If you agitate this Higgs field enough, it'll produce a particle called the Higgs boson. It'll pop into existence for just this tiny fraction of a second. Before anyone can see it or before anything happens, it'll break apart and decay into a couple of other different fundamental particles. And that's what the particle detectors at the LHC actually see. You know, it's a sort of the footprint of the Higgs. And the Higgs boson was first theorized in 1964, so nearly 40 years ago. So people have been actively searching for this particle for more than 30 years. It's been a long time coming. Uh, and it's, it's a big deal, partly just because it's taken so long to find it. It's also a big deal because the Higgs boson is the kind of last piece that's been missing in what physicists call the standard model. And that's sort of their basic explanation for how the universe works. And they've been able to sort of sketch out the standard model uh, through theory and uh, then joining that with experiment. And we've got a picture of the underlying mechanisms that make our universe work, the underlying forces and the particles and everything going on in the subatomic realm. However, the standard model can't explain everything going on in our universe. It can't explain everything we observe. So even though the Higgs 
is predicted by the standard model. Scientists are hoping that as they study it, it will help them figure out why the standard model is incomplete. So that's that's partly why it's been a, a long time coming. It's this last big missing puzzle piece. So we found the Higgs. End of story. Great. We can all go home. Now, Mike, you have already written blog posts about this, and you know that is not true. Um, but thank you for setting me up for this next section. So we don't know for sure if this is the Higgs. Right now, it looks an awful lot like the Higgs, but really, physicists don't know a lot about it. They know that it's there. Uh, they know how massive it is. That's about it. But they've already started working their tails off, studying this particle, trying to see what its properties are. So scientists are really interested to see, will the Higgs fit in the standard model, or will it be something slightly weirder? Because there are a lot of Higgs theories. There are a lot of theories that describe the Higgs boson in different ways, as having different characteristics. Um, and so again, physicists need to study it, see what its characteristics are. Maybe it will fit with one of the theories that's already written, or maybe it will be something totally different uh, and take physicists down a previously unexplored path. On that note, I'd like to play you a clip of an interview I had with Emmanuel Strauss, who is a postdoc at Slack National Accelerator Laboratory in Menlo Park, California. He's currently based at CERN, working on the ATLAS experiment. Yeah, well, so, <clears throat> you know, I mean, we said that we still have to study all of its properties. Um, and, and there's a reason for that. We, we know that there is a, a scalar boson there. We, we don't know what type it is. And I think a lot of us hope that it's not the standard model of Higgs. It'd be really exciting if it wasn't. Uh, as exciting as all of this was, I think if, you know, we come back, uh, you know, after analyzing a larger data set, and we can say, you know, this thing behaves weird. That's going to be huge. Uh, you know, even as big as this was, it'll be bigger. That's kind of what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping something really weird. Yeah, exactly. This, that's what's so exciting. We really could see some weird new physics here. And of course, if this boson does not fit in with the standard model, it's more likely that it will help explain the other things that don't fit in with the standard model, like dark matter. I mean, huge parts of our universe. We're just going to have really interesting stuff uh, you know, coming out in the next few years uh, as scientists get to know this particle more and more. And in fact, they're already hard at work. Mike, you uh, just put up a blog post on Physics Buzz. Uh, if you haven't gone and checked out our blog at physicsbuzz.physicscentral.com. Um, so tell me uh, just a little bit about what's in that blog post. Well, so basically physicists are already um, starting to, to dig through the data that yielded the Higgs, and they're starting to notice, you know, some little bit unexpected uh, phenomenon in there. Nothing nothing definitive yet, nothing absolutely for sure, but there's a couple instances where, you know, certain particles are being produced like photons at a slightly higher rate and other particles like W and Z bosons are being produced at a little bit lower rate than they expected. So this is a little weird. And we should explain here, when physicists say they're looking for the Higgs boson, they don't actually get to see the Higgs boson. They see particles that the Higgs boson decays into. Uh, and those are called channels. And the Higgs boson has five channels. So five combinations of particles that it can decay into. And the two experiments, CMS and ATLAS, saw two of those channels very distinctly. And those channels are called ZZ and Gamma Gamma. ZZ Gamma Gamma. I'd go see that band. 
No, it sounds like a children's show to me. Anyway, they're called that because uh, the Higgs boson decays into two Z bosons or two photons, which are represented by the symbol gamma. But precision measurements still need to be done, especially for those other three channels. And all of those other Higgs theories that we talked about before, they will have predictions for what those channels should look like, how many particles they should produce. And as Mike was saying, there are some physicists who think they are already seeing some unexpected behavior from this particle. Some physicists are looking at the possibility that this, that this could be potential evidence for something called supersymmetry, which opens up a whole new zoo of particles. You know, again, this is still very speculative. It's only just starting to be looked at. But there's a lot of really tantalizing ideas out there. That's so exciting that that's happening already. I mean, it's incredible that these physicists are working so fast. And actually, this is another part of the Higgs story that I really wanted to share. So last December, we did a two-part podcast about uncertainty in the search for the Higgs. At that time, CERN had announced that the experiments had found a hint of something. They couldn't say for sure that it was a particle. They were just letting the public know that this was something they were going to explore further. But as it turns out, they were right on the money because that hint turned into the discovery that was announced last week. Uh, in just over six months, the two experiments have turned around enough data to make a definitive statement that they have a discovery. They definitely know they've found a new particle. And so many things had to go right to make that happen. The LHC has been performing at a level far above what anyone would reasonably expect a machine of this size and complexity to achieve. Back in December, for that Higgs podcast, I interviewed Dr. Robert Cousins about this. Uh, Dr. Cousins is a physicist at UCLA and a very involved member of the CMS experiment. When we talked in December, he was very skeptical about whether or not that little hint was going to amount to anything. Uh, we talked to Dr. Cousins again for this podcast. Here's what he has to say now. None of us expected to get so much data so fast. Uh, part of the story really worth telling about the first six months of this year was just how unbelievably well the accelerator and both experiments worked. And everything that goes with that which includes the computing, the software. From a technical point of view, it's, it's just breathtaking because these experiments are so complicated and the accelerator is so complicated. And it's at two degrees Kelvin and it's 27 kilometers long. I mean, everything is just so complicated. And it all worked. So an enormous number of things went, went right. An enormous number of things <laughs> were were so much better than we had any right to expect that I, I think everybody was surprised that we're here. In fact, Dr. Cousins says he didn't expect the experiments to get to this point to be able to confirm or deny the existence of this particle until at least the end of the year. And that's if everything went really well. But the story doesn't even end there. The last of the data that the experiments used to do these analyses, to make the announcement on July 4th, the last of that data was collected on June 18th, just over two weeks before. 
So the fact that the experiments got these results ready in such a short amount of time is amazing. On that subject, here again is Emmanuel Strauss. And so the fact that we could uh, take data and then two weeks later have a result is actually a very impressive statement because it means that all of those points along the line, the data taking, the data quality assessment, the processing of the data, the analyzing of the data, and then let's not forget that the entire collaboration has to review it. All of these things happen in a very, very short time frame. So uh, it, it was actually really kind of phenomenal in that sense. It was a, a very impressive collaborative effort where all of the chains along the way worked about it as, as well as they could. So the scientists are so excited about this, but it's really awesome because the general public is also pumped about this, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I've never seen uh, seen people so excited about particle physics. I mean, you know, on the one hand, this is on the surface kind of an esoteric subject. But if you look at it, it's, you know, the top Google story. It's on the cover of The Economist magazine and, you know, the front page of almost every newspaper in the country when, it, when uh, the results came in. You know, people really are excited about it. It's cool. And on that note, I'll go again to my interview with Emmanuel Strauss. Uh, on this clip, you will also hear Brian Folsom, who is also a postdoc at Slack. Uh, he's also based at CERN and working on the Atlas experiment. Not only was it exciting to us, but there were people asking us about, hey, what's happening at CERN? I hear there's going to be an announcement. What do you know? Uh, and uh, that kind of, you know, that, that, that feeds into our own excitement as well because, uh, you know, all these people are excited about it. We're excited about it for scientific reasons, but also because it's kind of, you know, it's fun to be here. And, uh, you know, there, there was a, a big deal made out of it for a lot of good reasons. So uh, I, I think that it, it probably is, you know, the, the, the biggest thing we've seen in a, in a long time. And it was uh, greeted that way. Mm -hmm. I think, too, what happens is when you're sort of just working on it and you're at CERN and everyone here is working on particle physics, you kind of forget, you know, that the outside world also is sometimes interested in these things. I think it was good for me anyway to at least see how interested that is. I mean, when I started getting mails from my mom and my mother-in-law yeah. you know, asking questions, I mean, they never asked me questions about my work, right? And then so it, it really, uh, to get people from the outside, you know, really showing interest in it, uh, I think it's, it's kind of a good feeling because it is something that you lose track of when you're really deep into just um, doing particle physics analysis uh, at a lab. Um, you kind of forget that, that the wider world is interested in science and, and uh, what you do is actually pretty cool to some other people as well. So I have to say, Mike, if you can't tell already, I am so pumped about this. Uh, the day they made the announcement was a huge highlight in my short science writing career. I spent over two years working for a particle physics lab and talking to the people who had dedicated their lives to this. And I, I have to say, when I heard the news, I teared up a little. It was that big a deal. It was that emotional. It was a thrilling day. It really was. And I remember thinking that, you know, this is just unbelievably exciting. And then thinking... And there's going to be more to come. There's going to be more. I think that's a pretty good place to end. You've been listening to the Physics Buzz podcast. I'm Cala Cofield. I'm Mike Lucibella. As always, you can find more podcasts, our Physics Buzz blog, and resources at physicscentral.com. Tune in next week for more Physics Buzz. Thanks for listening.